Amen. Let us pray. Heavenly Father, we come before you. We thank you for your goodness and kindness. Lord God, as we assembled here for a special service with a special group, we ask you, Lord, to come and speak to us. For you know about us. And you care about us. And you are concerned about us. Give us the wisdom. May you answer our questions. And may you give us the strength, Lord. Send the inspiration, Lord. Send the anointing. That will give us strength to overcome the challenges of our age group. Granted, Father, in the name of Lord Jesus Christ, our Savior, we pray. Amen. So, welcome, youth. And, uh, pleased to stand before you and to share with you. Uh, it has been a a need that has been there for long. We used to have uh, meetings with the youth very many times, but uh, for long we have not had. So we thank God for this opportunity. Amen. Amen. It's a great opportunity. And uh, I think uh, I believe this is one of uh, very many other meetings. Even I think in this service uh, will not cover very much. You know, service again that I'm not going to cover very much. Maybe like one topic. One topic of the topics that pertains to the youth. Uh, if coming Sunday we didn't have a uh, weekend challenge. We could have had another one. But all the same. The Sunday that will follow. If I will be around still, we shall have another youth meeting. Amen. So let us read in the book of First John, chapter 2, verse 14. I have written. Are you there? Now, the youth who are following us on, uh, on the internet, on the YouTube, YouTube, you are welcome. We are pleased to share with you fellowship. And we believe you are going to benefit. Amen. So the scripture says, 
I have written unto you fathers because you have known him that is from the beginning. I have written unto you young men because ye are strong and the word of God abideth in you and ye have overcome the wicked one. Bawandi kidemwe abakadde kubanga mutegedde oyo eyabawa eyabawo okuva ku rubereberye bawandi kidemwe abavubuka kubanga mulina amanyi ekigambo kya katonda kibera mumwe era muwangude omubi love not the world neither the things that are in the world if any man love the world the love of the father is not in him for all that is in the world the lust of the flesh the lust of the eyes and the pride of life is not of the father but is of the world temwagala temwagala nsi ne wankubadde ebiri mu nsi omuntu yennabo ayagala ensi okwagala kwachitaffe tekuba muye kubanga buli ekiri mu nsi okwegomba ko mubiri nokwegomba kwa maso nokwegulumiza ko bulamu okutalimu tebiva eri katonda nebiva eri ensi and the world passeth away and the last thereof but he that doeth the will of god abideth forever era ensi egwawo nokwegomba kwayo naye akola katonda byayagala abeera emirembe ejitagwawo May the Lord add blessing to the reading of his word. You may be seated. Amen. Now I have a few questions here. I hope some of you are about to write or you are about to send in your questions. We will welcome them still. Now I want to to share on that scripture that we have read about the youth being strong that is what i want to share about you are strong you have overcome the world amen you see many people think abantu banji that the Christian strength comes into someone when he has reached uh, an advanced age. Because here they think you have so many temptations. In your life there are so many things that are attracting you. And the lust of the flesh. And so they think uh, the youth are weak spiritually. But as they grow, they start shedding off some of those temptations that come by age. And then there they become strong. Some people think that way. But the scripture is saying different. When he wrote to the fathers, he said, I have written to you the fathers. 
Yeah, he gave them what he gave them. He said, yeah, because you have known him that is from the beginning. But again, when he came to the youth, he said, because you are strong. And the word of God abideth in you. And he have overcome the wicked. Amen. So I've told you we have a number of topics. That pertain to the youth. To our age. But now we want to talk about that. Now, the youth were uh, recognized for being strong and for having the word of God abiding in them and for overcoming the world for overcoming the wicked one. That is the youth. Amen. So, if you think uh, you are not yet come to the age to be very seriously devoted, and you think there is a time when you will decide to be serious with God, it is the devil cheating you. This is the age for you to be strong. This is the age for, to, for you to be on fire. Actually, when you advance in age, you will be supported by the strong foundation that you have established at your age. This is when you have the strength to read the word. This is when you have the strength to pray. This is when you have the strength to witness. To win souls. This is the, the age for you to study the word. Most of us, what we are today, was deposited in us at your age. What we preach, what we quote, it was deposited at that time. You see, when you advance, the responsibilities become too many. And many times, your zeal to study the word, to pray, it may not be as much as, as when you were a youth. If you're a weak youth, Worldly, you may be also now setting your old age how it's going to be. Amen. 
Now listen to this quote. Do you know what? 86% of the conversions to Jesus Christ is done before 21 years old. It statistics shows it. Statistics shows that the converts to Christ come before 21. You, after you pass that age, you become more molded. All set in your ways. Amen. Amen. So there is a certain age where you are now set. You are set in a certain way. You are molded in a certain way. You are molded. It is finished in a certain way. And to turn from there becomes very difficult. You see? After you pass that age, you become more molded. All set in your ways. Oh, it's possible, sure. They come 70, 80 years old. But it's very rare. Very rare. For someone to come to the Lord at 70, 80, Fifty. It's very rare. But before you see 86% before 21. Then the other 14% those are the ones which fall, fall in those other age. So I came at 17. Pastor Mwata, 18. If we had older men here, and we asked one by one, one by one, you will be surprised. But I've, I've tried to ask different ones. Those powerful preachers in the message that you know. Most of them, when you ask them, when did you come to the Lord? 18, 17, 20. Most of them are around that. And now, when we talk of just joining the church. And you just become a member of the church. And you start coming to church. We are talking about you having experience.
experience with God. Making a, a real serious decision. To turn your back on the world. And the pleasures of sin. And to follow Jesus Christ no, Yesu. as your Lord and Savior and closing all the doors of the world and to break all bridges with the world and sacrifice those things that you thought are important. And you decide to follow Jesus till you leave this world. And to live with, for him. Amen. Amen. So spirit and body. You make yourself when you are young. You make yourself when you are young. Yes. So, beyond that, I mean, something has already said. But you said you make yourself when you are young. God told Brother Branham Never smoke Never drink Never defile your body In any way For when you grow older There is a great work for you to do in other words, what the way you the decision you make now, the life you lead now, is what is going to determine what you're going to be. If you defile yourself now, you smoke, you drink, it will fail the purpose. That you are brought into this world. It will fail it. But for that purpose to be accomplished. Now. Keep yourself from those things. Keep yourself now. That's when that purpose will be fully accomplished. You set your ambitions to what you want to do. And what you are trying to achieve in life. You think of it. You think, of course your mind, it's presented into your mind by an unknown something. Eh? That dominates your mind. And uh, then when it becomes in your mind, then you speak it and uh, okay, fine. I was so cool in your way to a dead summer over Dakuku, Kuchinachi to go back Nako. Mukama favors you. Yeah, the kind of person you're going to be, the kind of parent, the kind of minister, 
the kind of responsibility you're going to take it is made now it is set now the foundation is built now amen amina it is done now kakati praise god amina i think that is very important yeah, don't don't expect it to start building it at an advanced stage maybe when i'm 30 maybe when i'm 40 it is now it's now at your age. Praise God. Now, uh, the other thing I want you to know that your age uh, is the prime age of life. Yeah, it's prime. Because the young are growing to come where you are. And the old, they are, they are longing to, to reverse to where you are. Even in the Bible, we have a promise that we shall be young again. And young to what? To that age. But Not to the infant. But to where you are. Especially those who are around 18. To around 22, 20 there. So the young we shall come back there. I mean the old. And there is no old man who doesn't desire the picture he was, the shape he was when he was there. And they, we all long to come back to that. To there. I don't know. What about you, Pastor Mata? He said, I love very much. Yeah. We don't enjoy the gray hair. We don't like that. Because one time we had very nice hair. Black and soft and beautiful. And now it has turned gray. Others at one point they had nice hair. But now it is bald. It has all gone off. One time you had a very tender smooth skin. And now it is wrinkled. You were energetic. You remember how you used to, to be energetic in the body. And now you are frail and weak. Yeah? At a certain age, you can almost feel like, like you are. <laughs> you can cook the world. Like we are invincible. 
Eh? To wangulikika. <laughs> to wangulikika. Me, I used to feel as if I had a spring inside my body. Springs in my body. I just, I just long for a challenge to handle it. When I would fall sick, I would just do, uh, we call it road work. Running around the city. Around the whole of Kololo Hill. And you go down, you go to Makere, you run around there, you come and pass somewhere. One running. You come back. Sweating and feeling a lot of energy. You wash, and that's the end of the sickness. It used to be that way. But now it's different. So we all long to come there. To come back to where you are. Every old woman. Every older man. But now. What you need to know. That that stage where you are, that prime age where you are, it is just like a like a dream. It's just like a dream, and you are you are not there anymore. Only that when people are there, they feel that it is permanent. But it's just like a dream. And in a moment, you realize you are aging. You realize you are already aging. And you have not uh, accomplished much. And uh, so, when you are there, uh, make the best of your life's decision. Your best of decision. And that is to serve God. Give it to God. That is when you have secured it. You see the scripture is clear. It says, "He that will save his life, will lose it. Yeah, you will lose it. You say, ah, but uh, how can I? Why, why, how can I miss what my fellow youth are enjoying?" Yeah, they, 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 they go to discos, they, the corn girls, they, they, for girls, they, was, they have boyfriends, they enjoy themselves, they drive in Porsche cars, and they're giving money, and the whole expensive smartphone, smartphone, and for me, just church, 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 church. So, 
you feel church is boring I'm just even asking because, because to me it is a paradox for church to bore anyone. There is nothing you will enjoy in this life that you can compare with the things of God. Nothing. The devil can deceive you that there is pleasure out there. But it doesn't satisfy. It is so empty. It is so empty. And it's misery. Every hangover of any pleasure of life is so it's such a misery it's such a, such a painful misery amen amina drunk drinking the hangover is such a painful misery Going running around with boys and girls. After all that misery. Whatever misery, misery. Because man was never made to live like that. Man was made to live on God. And to live for God. Yeah. Outside of that, there is no satisfaction. There is no satisfaction. Satisfaction is only in the things of God. Let me, uh, I want to add another quote here. Brother Branham is quoting Mary Magdalena, Mary Magdalena's uh, uh, example. When she had lived a wrong life, and as you know, and then one, one day his, she cites Jesus, who had been invited in Simon's house, the Pharisee, who did not welcome and entertain Jesus. So he said, when she saw him, uh, she ran to look for some, because Jesus being not entertained, you know the story, in the message that welcome Christ, Christ. she was so touched. She wanted to do the best for him. Although her life was not right. She was even wondering, will he accept my, my offer? I'm not worthy to this holy man. But now this portion here that she said, she, she went to the shop and to buy a kalosa to buy a perfume. And then when she reached that, she said, I want the best speak, speak nerd. 
That is what I want. And she laid the money down. Yeah. When he hears the, the clink of the money, oh, well, that's different. So he said, See how much you got? She counted out 200, 800 Roman dinar. Di and it's just enough. So he gives it to her. I can hear him say, wonder where she's going. Wonder what she's going to do with that. That was the last penny she had. But she knew it. And she knew he was deserving the best. She never said, give me a good one. She didn't say, give me a good one. A, a good anointment. Say, give me the best you got. Praise God. That's what we ought to do. Give him the best there is. The youth of your life. He deserves the best. We have said the best of the age is the youth age. So that's what he deserves. Give it to him. The best of your life. You give it to Jesus. Amen. So save it with him. Whoever loses his life. For Christ, he will save it. But whoever saves his life, he will lose it. So don't struggle to save, you know, to acquire that and acquire that. That entertainment. That knowledge of sin. I want also to know what it feels like to have a boyfriend, to have a girlfriend. But the word of God tells you it is, it is wrong, it is death. But you're so selfish with your life. You want to satisfy it. Such a life you lose it. Surrender it to God. And lose those pleasures of sin. Hmm? Another one here says. Hmm. Drink, gamble, a lot of places allow the kids to smoke in the church or the school just before semester and so forth. Isn't that terrible? To quieten their nerves. 
kubuza abuzo busimo bwawe they ought to have to had a prayer meeting bandi badde babera nokusaba to quieten their nerves okakanya busimo bwawe huh so to quiet to quieten your nerves okusiriso oboku nafyo okusiriso obusimo bwo don't smoke gambo Togenda muzala tonyigala kunywa mwenge go to dances ugende mu mazina but have a prayer meeting na yebe bamkusaba that's the best thing i know to quieten your nerves yechindu chemanyi echisinga ko kusirisa obusimu bwo but you know hungry people has got to feel that longing with something ne mumanya abantu abayala bafuba nyogezaako So man was made with a hunger. And that hunger or thirst was made that he may thirst after his creator. So he must find the creator. Oh if he oh if he, he doesn't have him he looks for substitutes but the real thing that god made for you to satisfy is his spirit His spirit that's how you're made. These are words from your maker. Your, your designer. He put a hunger in you. That you may thirst for him. Because you cannot have him. You cannot remain attached with him without that longing without that desire so he put it in you but when man has no god when he refuses god or when he lacks the knowledge of god he goes for other things alternatives he goes drinking from cesspools stagnated waters because he has because he is thirsty so those things they go into drinking discourse those kind of uh, things Those are stagnated waters. Cesspools. And they are trying to quench the thirst. Which will never be quenched by that. He say if they won't drink from the fountain of the waters of life. The devil will give them stagnated cistern with wiggle tails in it. So brothers and sisters compare a fountain that is giving fresh 
nice water ensuro ekuwa mazi amalunji compare that digeragiranye with stagnated water na mazi agomuchidiba with wigo tails ngamulimu nobukulwe compare that is how it compares between the joy that is in the Lord and the pleasures of sin. One is a cesspool, stagnated, wiggle-tailed water. It is full of sickness. And then the fresh, cool fountain water. One gives life. The other one sickens, brings sickness. Tell me any pleasure of sin. That does not result into sickness. Adultery. I'm sure even here there are some, some orphans to, to sicknesses that are caused by adultery. And what made you an orphan? It was that disease. It associated with adultery. That was associated with adultery. I'm not saying you. That is the you. But what made you an orphan? What killed your parent? It was a disease. It associated with adultery. So adultery. It's a cesspool. With stagnated water. Dirty with wiggle tails. And if it is wiggle tailed water. It's, it, it's contaminated to. It, it is a. Uh, a source of sickness that will kill, that kills man. Now, what is smoking? Smoking is the leading cause of cancer. And leave alone cancer, but lowering, lowering your immunity completely putting it to vulnerability to sicknesses. Same applies to alcohol. All the things stagnated waters with wiggletails. Contaminated with sickness. But can you tell me one sickness associated with worshipping God? Huh? 
Then you know when you go to church and you worship or you worship or you in the spirit and you cry and you shout and feel good. No yabulunji. Then the consequence of that is a sickness. Ha anti echivamwa chobabulwadde. Never. The consequence is blessings. The consequence is strength to overcome the world. To have eternal life. To be a good person. To have wisdom. And knowledge. Because the fear of God. Is the source of wisdom. And that joy that you feel in the things of God, it is so rich. It is so satisfying and fulfilling. Amen. Amina. And it, it lasts forever. Amen. See? To the young people, I would like to say this. This morning, after birthday yesterday, <laughs> Brother Branham's birthday was a day before. Uh-huh. Um, uh, of 48 years, in this life. Twenty some odd years of that. About 24 years I've spent for, G, for the Lord Jesus. As a boy of about 23 years old. I started preaching the gospel. If there is any regrets that I have. Any regret. If I could touch a button this morning. And go back to the fabulous age. Of about 16 or 17. Did I say, didn't I tell you that's a prime? Say the fabulous age. 16 or 17. You know, it stretches and continues up to 20, 22, 23, 24. All that, 25. All, all that is fabulous age. Only want to do it for one thing. That is to serve Christ. Huh? He said, if I can press and then it re- my life reverses. And now I'm 16. Uh-huh, now that you're 16. How do you want to go? Where do you want to place your future? How do you want to spend? Your years. Been given an offer you have been reversed now. You have spent the other years serving God. But now, uh-huh, now you have you can make a choice. A new choice. 
He says, Agamba. I would only want to do it for one thing. That is to serve Christ. To serve Christ. Amen. And to serve Christ means to serve Christ. It doesn't mean to join church. Just to be a church member when you are not born again. When you are not saved. I mean you know you are not saved. But you are a member of a church. And you are satisfied with being known for that, for being a member. No, it means to serve God. To live for Him. Your soul, spirit, and body. That's what it means. Let me tell you about myself a bit. When I believed in nine, um, at the age of 17. I was in a P7 vacation. You don't get surprised. Because at that age. People are joining university. Others are completing university. Some of us started old. Yeah, that means I started P1 at around, uh, around what? Around 10? At 10, I'm in P1, primary one. We didn't have uh, uh, pre-primary. Like I understand they are, they, are, they, are, they are removing it. Yeah, that's what they are saying. They are going to remove pre-primary. They want to go back to the old system where you start with. From home to primary one. So at the age 17, I was completing my primary seven. And in the vacation, I chose to give my life to Christ. But before that, my ambitions were very tough. My, my, goals, goals, my I don't know whether there's anyone here who, wants, who had goals like mine. Yeah? <laughs> My goals were to be a champion in boxing. <laughs> I got good first grade. But I, I put my first choice to Kololo High. When I could have gone to many other good schools. Because Kololo High was the leading school in the country in boxing. Can you imagine? I didn't want to go to a school that will fail my career. Of boxing. Huh? 
Ate. <laughs> Negala ngo kubeda mubi intuwebi. Kubeda wakabi. I wanted to be an outstanding man. Eh? Nganjagala mbele mumaje. To be in... I wanted to be a commando. I used to watch films. So I used to watch those American commandos. Who could be sent on a mission? One man. Fighting with hands and a knife. That is what I wanted. Me, I started to become an army officer. I wanted to, to enter Museveni's army before you conquered. By then, I was in primary five. Then they told me for you, you have not enough. You know, okay. get those That is what denied me. I went to the market in Western Uganda. I wanted to register myself. But when I entered the army without informing my parents at home to be bad, let me first go and say goodbye to them. Then the next Saturday, I will come and register. So I found my, our first born at home. He was a deserter. He had run away from Museveni. Then he convinced me. He convinced me. He told me, you see, we have our brother called Musi. If you hear that song of heroes, you hear them singing, he was a real hero. He said he has not yet come Now, then also you enter the army. What if we lose both of you? That one, that didn't shake me. Another thing, uh, you have not started. You are not started. You are not promoted. You are not promoted. So I wanted to where I could do command. Okay, fine. Your point. So so I said, let me study. I'm going to study and get good degrees. Then I will enter the army. Then throughout my life, that was my ambition. To be champion be an army officer. That was always my ambitions and goals. But at 17, when I believed in Christ, then I forsook all. All were dead to me. 
Then the spirit of God entered Nabita. Then he huh? killed everything. Then I'm telling you what it means by believing Christ. At our church, at every evening service, I could always be there putting on my uniform. I leave school. I was a poor boy. And would walk to church with my books and in my uniform. And every Saturday, and now plus also holidays, around this time I would be having my Bible going door to door preaching the gospel around 18, 19. I was living in Kamocha. Do you see those as you pass Kamocha Bukoto Road? There are those houses on upper side. Many of them were of civil servants in that time. I remember knocking at the gates. And as they come to open for me, what do you want? I'm an evangelist. I'm going around preaching the gospel. Would you allow me in to share with you the word of God? And that was my conviction and my joy. And you know, witnessing to those homes, sometimes I would find they are big Big people. Big people. Saturday they are relaxed at home with their families. And I would beg them for permission. To share with them the word of God. And some would allow. Some would chase me away. But I remember. Speaking to such people. Imagine a big boy of 18. You enter a big home like that. They allow you in and you silence everything. Witness to them. Share with them eternal life. Jesus. And then hell. And then you ask them whether they want to give their lives to Christ. I remember on a, a number of occasions, the anointing would come and convict those people. They become so attentive. And when you ask them whether they want to give their lives to Christ, you say them yes. yes. I tell them, okay, let us kneel and pray. And you pray with them. And after that, you take them to a church. And you go to another, to another gate. And that was my greatest joy. My greatest joy is to share about the Lord and to see us so come to the kingdom of heaven. 18, 19, 
18, I've written to you young people because you are strong and you have the word of God who told you it is the old people who have the word of God. Sinabokabai begami mwababukabai begami mwababukabai begami if you want the word, it is within the youth. And you are strong. Now that strength is not necessarily about the, the body, the physical. What good, what good is the physical strength? It is the strength in the Lord. It is the strength in the Lord, and it was not only me. It was not an exceptional case. Yeah? All of us, the team of young, young people in that church, we were like that. And many of them today, many of them are pastors. Emma, my elder brother, is a pastor. Musumba. Hey, another one was called uh, Willie Tumwine. He's a person in Barala, a big pastor. Musumba Munene in Barala. Many others. Pastors, pastors, pastors. Na Barala, na Basumba. We were that devoted. Tuali tuwe wadeyo. Sometimes we would make, we would make uh, uh, groups, evangelism. Tuakolanga ichivinja chokuli denjiri. And we meet and we plan how to win souls to the kingdom of God. How we must serve God. I wonder even how the youth today can meet and plan how to go to the beach. To the beach. We go out. We go to the beach. We go, you know, for entertainment. How do you plan that? You are not assumed even to suggest to your fellow Christians such. You know a group people who look at you as a backslider and a devil. Even if you had that devil in you, you would be ashamed even to mention it. We go to dancing and the youth plan together to go for for a disco. How does that thought come? Who introduces it? Where does he get the courage? Huh? So now, what has gone wrong today? Anyway, not in this church. Because, uh, because uh, there could be a few exceptional cases of uh, those who just strayed here. And they don't know why they are here. But generally we don't have that weakness here. But, but it's, it's happening. General among the youth. Even in the message. You hear youth plan. Roaming. Going to beaches. Even going, even going to dances. The discourse. Well, they are not saved. You see, they are only unfortunate that they were born by believers. 
but they are unbelievers. You see, being born by a believer doesn't make you a believer. But being born by Jesus Christ makes you a believer. Amen? Amen? And it comes by a personal, personal decision. And, and when that happens, and you're a youth who has decided who has made a decision you become a firebrand. We never had such cases. We never had cases of uh, uh, among ourselves youth living lose lives. Never. I've already said from 17 to 25 I never I never held any woman beyond a handshake until I married my own wife at 25 how many years are those seven years over youth over youth where you think, ah, the youth have many temptations. There's a lot of pressure. You see, that pressure depends on your choice. If you have chosen Christ, there is such a pressure to live for God with Christ. If you have chosen the world, there is such a pressure to serve it. The difference with the youth, whatever road you choose, you walk it with strength. A lot of vigor. If you have chosen the world, or you serve it with all. But how spe why spend my strength to the devil? What reward? What reward? He came to steal, to kill, and to destroy. Even when he takes you, he can have you for a few years. But if you are lucky, if you are lucky, and you escape him, you will live with the scars he has put on you. You will live with the scars and with regrets. Why you ruined your life at that age. And when, you, when your life is ruined there, it is ruined. Actually, it can determine so many things of, of your future. So don't give your chance to the devil. Don't give him a room. Don't give him an inch of ground. You see those, those few years he can get you. He can he can he can derail you, he can asolo kono na he can destroy you. 
and by that failing your good destination can destroy so many precious things in your life can determine your marriage life can determine your success can determine so many things that's why God is warning brother Branham protect what you have what you have protect, protect your body as a vessel protect. if you allow it tampered with the devil touch with the devil you will miss God's purpose for you on earth you won't be there you won't be used but protect it because of the purpose God has for you. Our purposes are never the same. But if God wants you tomorrow to be a wife of a minister, you will tell you the same. Oh, the wife of any servant of God, he may not be a preacher, but a good, respectable, a good, respected mother, a good wife of a good servant of God. He will tell you the same. Don't destroy your body. Protect yourself. For there is a great purpose for you. Amen. So, when you make your decision, so if there is any regrets that I have, I'm still going with this quote that where he said, if there was a, a choice to make and the button to press, and then your life goes back to to 16 to, to the fabulous age he would still choose to spend it for God's serving so that's how I came in to give my own example to show what it means when you choose and when you decide to serve God I've given you how I moved from 25 from 17 25 I married 26 I'm a pastor and that's how I have moved up to here. Amen. Amen. 25. I'm a family man. 26. I'm a pastor. And it's not just uh, an impersonator of a pastor. But a real preacher. And from that time, I have served God. And I have changed lives by the grace of God. 
My ministry has touched lives. God using me to bring souls to the kingdom. I go to different parts of the country. I find there people I've never seen. They tell me, do you know I'm your convert? I came to the message this way. And from that time I've not been the same. Oh, you're my dad spiritually. And that's, I believe that's how it will be when I cross the river. I'll find them on the other side of you know, life. And that will be the greatest joy and reward. What about if I chose to be the champion in the world that I thought I should be? Maybe not be called, maybe in the army or whatever. Maybe I could be join those lines and then become a champion. And finally, and finally die miserable. Those people are miserable. They are miserable. When they start aging and what, they see life is gone. They look back. What have they accomplished? What have they achieved? Nothing. Nothing. Yesterday we were talking with a group of people. Yeah, we are, you know, backbiting a, a friend who is a very big person in the country. And we were wondering now, how happy is he now? How happy is he? Uh, we realize there is nothing. You find they are, they are lonely. They are lonely. They age, become lonely. No entertain, no fellowship. No social life. Then uh, I gave them an example. Of a man who is my cousin brother. Uh, he's, a, he's a name general. Uh, general one time he came and fellowshiped here with us. With his wife. In plain clothes. Just sat there, around there. And then after that, we went with him home. And when we were home, that time he was heading military police in the country. And they called him, Afanda, Afanda, where are you? Looking for him. So he directed them. And he said that if he got a problem like at my place or anywhere he has walked in the day, having not moved with security, the government terms that uh, uh, the army terms as, uh, it as suicide. He has committed suicide. If, if anyone kills him, if it's a problem, they will say he committed suicide. Because yes. at his rank, moving without 
soldiers around him is suicide committing suicide. So what, where is peace in that? You have no life of your own. You cannot meet a friend and you sit there in the closet and you talk. You talk. More friends. More friends. You go to an, uh, some isolated place. You sit and talk and enjoy muchomo and enjoy meals together. No. You must live that life of miserable life. You are all protected every time. You are surrounded by soldiers that they are protecting you. And then there are selected places and selected, you know, today if I go to, we know I have, it's my freedom. freedom. Oh, wherever you go, it's my freedom. But for you, you cannot go to such places. You just remember, I used, I used to go to Owino. I used to have a man who used to sell me clothes. And I had friends there. And, and you have no freedom to go there again. Or to any place. There are places you must not step into. Is that, is that life? They are miserable. And now when you realize your age. Then you start counting what have I done, what have I achieved, what have I accomplished in life. Now I'm, de I'm, I'm old, I'm going. Nothing. Nothing. But even the people you have been fighting with or fighting for, they don't appreciate you that much. They don't appreciate you that much. But here I am with precious souls, people like you who appreciate me. We feel that bond like we are just a family. And I see souls that are brought to Christ. If I reach the end of my life, I, I will not regret. I will not regret. Because I've spent my, my life serving God. And even when I go, I leave. I leave I leave a legacy. Ndekawomukululo. I leave uh, a living uh, work. Ndekawomulimogulabikapo. Living impact. There are people going on with what I've I've passed to them by the grace of God. They are Christians. They love God. They are servants of God. They are fathers and mothers. Others are preachers. And they attribute what they are to my ministry. Woo! Nothing can compare with that. And even in heaven, I meet them there. Remember when Brother Branham, when he entered heaven, when God gave him what he says, it was more than a vision. Because it was like 
transporting him there Chari getting him out of the border and taking him there and he found there people who are appreciating him who are celebrating him our precious brother oh, imagine he's here oh, if it were not for you I, would, I wouldn't have come here it's because of you hey, I thought it's because of Jesus Yes, it is because of Jesus. But Jesus committed the gospel to men. If they sit on it and don't take it, people will not come to the Lord. So Jesus did the major work. And then he gave us small responsibility to take this gospel to those that he has died for. So a preacher bringing to the gospel. You cannot forget that. Brother Branham said, when that star that star that you are brought into the kingdom of God when it will be shining in glory your name will be associated with it how many have ever heard me quote that quote Yes, so I may not read it now because I've quoted it several times right from the Somia. So, brothers and sisters, it pays to serve God and to live for Him. Now, if, if I had lived a life that when I got to seven, seven, at 17, then at 18, 19, I, I impregnated some sister in the church. Then 22, I backslid. And I went to the hallowed. And then at 24, I was doing such, such evils. But what kind of vessel would, would I be? What kind of a vessel? Where would I have even the, the strength uh -huh. What kind of ex would I quote such example now and say I'm would I be proud of, of my youth when I've been just bringing reproach to the church? So once you commit yourself to God, be fully committed. Be surrendered. Prepare your vessel. For those who have uh, stumbled many, I'm not saying I've been a saint throughout, no. I've been, I've had my ups and downs. But the grace of God has also been there to protect me from such a, you know, such a, such Scandals, living a scandalous life. But now, eh? praise God. Those who have uh, had that life of where you, 
Today you are standing tomorrow you are falling. And you have repented. And you have repented. Whether before you came to Christ, you made so many uh, horrible things. Or even after you came, before you became very firm, you staggered a lot. Still be encouraged. Paul said, forgetting the things that are behind me. I, I pressed all the mark. Yeah? Forget the old past. Now you stand and move forward. Steadily. Amen? Yes. It pays to reach somewhere in the journey. And when you look back, you look at footprints on the sands of time. And you say, I don't regret. There is a song that says, I don't regret a mile I've gone for my Lord. I don't regret a mile. How many have ever heard such a song? Yes, it is there. I don't regret a mile. I don't regret a mile that I've gone for my Lord. So, Brother Bram says, I have never seen anything. Well, maybe, um, I would only want to do it for one thing, that is serve Christ. That's, the, that's what it means to serve Christ alone. But who knows my heart knows, knows that's true. Serve Christ alone. I have never seen anything or thought anything that ever compared with this blessed anchor of Christ in my heart. I don't know anything. I have sailed the seas. I have flew through the airs. I have seen all the sights of the, the world has. I've seen the seven mysteries of the world. I think what is called the seven wonders. Huh? The seven mysteries of the world. Unfortunately, I don't know what they are. Do you have an idea? You, you are a man who knows so many things. The pyramid, yes. The hanging the gardens. Such kind of things. Uh -huh. One of the wonders of the world is pyramids. It's my hanging gardens. So seven wonders. Brother Brahm said, I've seen all that. Yeah, like when Pastor Mata was talking about uh, what a fortress is. Uh, then uh, he talked of 40 Jesus, 40, 40, 40, 40 another. 40. Then I was, in my, I was just seeing the 40 Jesus in my eyes because I've been there and it was such a wonder to me. 
Brother, when you look at those walls, and the way they built that structure, the wisdom, the the, the strength of the walls, the design, it's a wonder. For Jesus is another wonder. Maybe it's one of the wonders of East Africa. It has a hospital in it. It has a church in it. It has a store in it. It has a big tank which holds so many tens of thousands of liters of water. It was built with coral rocks. Coral rocks are formed from coral animals that live in the ocean. Very strong skeletons. And they believe that over centuries of years, years, tens of thousands of years, they believe that those animals die. And as they die, their skeletons press together and form a coral rocks. A coral rock is just like, it's not like concrete. Coral rock is just like steel. So those are the stones. Big stone they put together and built the port for protection. Why it's called by Port Jesus because it was built by the Portuguese as they competed for the coast of East Africa to control trade and to control to control political influence on the coast of East Africa. So they were competing with uh, the Arabs. And the history says that at one point, the Arabs came and fought them and overpowered them. And then the Portuguese fled into the fortress. And they stayed there for two years. And around it, Already the coast has been taken over by the Arab forces. But for two years, they cannot reach the people they are looking for in the forest. They have no ability of getting them out. They have a hospital there, they have a church there, they have food stores there, they have water there, and the walls are too strong, no cannon bomb can penetrate, can bring it down, and they themselves, they have cannons in there, in there, in the fortress. Those cannons are still there. So what will you do to them? You will just surround there but you can never get them out. I've seen all that. What a wonder. What a wonder. Now, Brother Bram is also saying he has gone around. He has, he has sailed on, on water. He has flied in the air. He has seen the seven wonders of the, of the world. There's a point he's driving to. Uh -huh. Have seen the seven mysteries of the world. Have seen all the mountain sites pretty near of the world. I'm a hunter. Have hunted in all kinds of nations. <laughs> I've done everything. Finished. Ah, let me also give mine a bit, though I can't compare with this man so, or But the little. I've been like that for Jesus. I've camped in Queen Elizabeth. Stayed there days as a tourist. 
Omulambuzi. I visited great places, great tourist, tourism places in India. Palaces of those ancient kings. In the different zoos and parks and places. Like in different places of the world. Although I'm not comparing with him, he traveled more than ministry. But you know, there is something about that also. Because before you have traveled, you can think, oh, that may think there is something maybe when I do it, it will bring me to make me different. But he listened, he said, I'm a hunter. I've hunted in all kinds of nations. I've done everything, finished. I've rode horses. Hey, I've ranched. I've done everything that I know to do. And I will say this, that there is all of it put together. Want one, want make one little dot to the love of the Lord Jesus Christ. Even personally, there are such places that have been in different countries. I don't miss them. I don't feel there and I feel ah, I miss such and such a place. But let the presence of God leave me. Oh, I feel miserable. Lord, restore me the joy of thy service. I cannot go on without it. There is something about God's presence. There is a, something about the joy of the Lord. There is nothing that can compare. Nothing, 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 nothing. Nothing you can compare. Have the, the Miss World as your girlfriend if you want to. Have all the money to fly any time. To the best fabulous place in the world. Go and stay there with Miss World. And then Miss China. And then Miss, and Miss, Miss India. And Miss South Africa. And Miss Rwanda. And Miss Congo. Congo. All that. Brother, I'm telling you, it is misery. At, at the end of it all, it is misery. You cannot compare with one good moment with the presence of God. You can't compare. The difference is still, as we have said, between we go tell the pool and the fresh soul. Fresh water from a, from a from a fresh fountain. You, you compare. When you're praying and then that, that, that grace of God drops and touches you and you weep in the spirit and you feel the joy of the Lord in your heart. All in a service like here. That experience 
cannot be compared with all those things. So no wonder we have that song that says it's worth it all to be God's child, to trust him through the last long mile. It's worth it all to feel his power and to know he keeps us every hour. Praise God. Never be cheated. Never be deceived. If we could have time to ask those of us here who have who have pursued the, the pleasures of this world and you have had a good boyfriend and you have gone drinking with, he, with them and you have gone to discourse with with those peer groups, if we had time to give them, I know they are here. People to come and testify. Sister Taylor, so brother Taylor. What satisfaction do you get? Did you get there? What satisfaction? What impact did he put on your life? They would testify. It's misery. It's misery. It's misery. No wonder Brother Bram called it like a, he said it's a mirage. You do it today and the mirage flies away. It's yeah. like promising you have to do it again tomorrow, maybe something. Maybe you'll discover now. And then, you know, mirage, a mirage is a reflection. A reflection on, either on water, I think also on water. But like on a road, a tarmac road, you see like a shining thing like this. It looks like, it looks like, like clean, clear water. But it keeps flying. It's a reflection of the, You reach where you've seen it, and it's not there. And then you see it there. You follow it, it's not there. So never be deceived. The pleasures of sin, the lust of the flesh, lust of eyes, there is no satisfaction. It's just a reflection, it's a mirage. It keeps flying away. So don't, it's not worth your life. It's not worth your youthful energy. Spend it for God. Amen. Can never compare. Want one little dot to the love of Jesus Christ. Ooh, the other day I was uh, I was reading the message and I support that, that so much uh, challenged me. Brother Branham was uh, told the people let us read such and such a place. He said, yeah, he said many places of my Bible are not clear because uh, eh? there are many because of tears. There are many places that are faded because of, uh, of, of when I'm reading it and I'm weeping. Said, this man loved God. This man was deep. He loved the word of God. 
Brother when you are there in that realm hmm? in that realm in the Lord there is nothing that can compare in this life there is nothing that can compare with a feeling why you are spending a lot of time on the phone and you are chatting vulgarity you are chatting vulgarity it's because you are thirsty and you don't know what you need that can quench that thirst. You are so is, is dark. You are way to God is dark. Is dark. So you try to pant for some, some satisfaction. Some so you find some, some man. You find some man on the Facebook. No sanga chisajja ku Facebook. Hi, hi. Hi. Hello, hello. Hi. Hi. Hey, I love you. Nkwagala. Baby. You. The man is great. Hey, dad, you are calling him baby. Muzei da yaku yita baby. Mumita baby, musajja wambi. Baby, then you start vulgaring you with him your mind vulgar words vulgar pictures vulgarity because you are you are vulgar you are dirty full of darkness in the soul and lost God have mercy on you God should have mass upon you. Hmm? Your strength. Your youthful. Your childhood. Give it to God. You'll never regret. Amen. Amen. Praise God. For I know whom I have believed and I'm persuaded that he is able to keep that which I've committed unto him against that day. For I know whom I have believed and I'm persuaded that he is able to keep that which I have committed unto him against the day. Let us close our eyes. Praise God. Brothers and sisters, is there anyone here before God where you feel you don't want to to tread the wrong road of life 
But you want to choose the right road. And that is Jesus Christ. Maybe you have been in church. For many years. But you realize you are just coming to church. Just coming to church. But that choice. And that bidding him welcome in your life. That you serve him and live for him. Fully, fully, fully. You realize you have not reached there. But, but now you feel you have to make that decision. If you are here, don't mind who is around you. Just raise your hand. We pray for you. It's the greatest decision. Amen. Can you come to the altar? We pray for you. You want you make a, you are making that clear cut decision. God bless you. God bless you so much. God bless you. Wonderful. God bless you. God bless you. Don't, don't seek to agree with your friend. Don't look at your friend. You know yourself. You know yourself. Yeah, God bless you, children. God honors that. God never condemns you for being wrong. Never. Never. You did not invite it. But he condemns any man for getting a chance and you remain wrong. And he invites you, he calls you and you refuse to respond to his calling. From there you face condemnation. And some of you are proud. You feel like coming here, but you say, ah, but me, they will think I've not been serious. What will they feel when they see you on the door of judgment? Being told, depart from me. You hypocrite. Why don't you fear that moment? God bless you those who have come to make their serious choice and decision. I'll ask Pastor Mata to come and pray for you.
Okay. I can see uh, a number of categories for those who have come here. Uh, there could be those who have been uh, believers but you realize your uh, commitment has been low. Your commitment. Uh, that is one category. There are those who feel backslidden. That is another category. There are those who know that they have never made a commitment to Christ. Yeah, and they, they are making it for the first time. That category, I want to pray for them first. But you'll just raise your hands. The category that feels you are making your decision, your commitment to live a fully serene and devoted life to Christ now. This is your first time. I've decided. I request you to raise up your hand. Brother. God bless you, brother. Is there anyone else in that category? It's only one. Okay. okay. So, would you like to have a word of prayer? Would you like to have a word of prayer? Would you like to have a word of prayer? Would you like to they feel the work they have been having somehow they are gone low. But they want to rededicate their lives unto God. It's a great thing you have done. And uh, it's because you have realized you need to do something. And I, after the prayer let your life also speak that the change has come. And God knows your heart. And the fact that you have come forward means you have decided things must change. And may God bless you very much for that. I'm going to make one general prayer. But deep in your heart, you should be repentant and telling God you want a changed life for his glory so that you may serve him with a life that testifies of his life in your life that you may serve him with a clean life that God becomes proud and happy for you. Let us pray. Loving, precious Heavenly Father, before you here, 
your children. Heavenly Father, they desire a closer walk with you. But somehow, they are let down in their spiritual lives and they have known your, your word has touched them and they, are known, they have known there are things that are lacking. But Father, they are here before you because they want to move closer to you. They want to rededicate their lives unto thee, their king. I pray for them, O God. Hold them by your mighty arm. Lead them in your ways of righteousness. Give them victory over the world, over the flesh, the last of the flesh. Give them victory that they may walk as overcomers. Fill them with an Holy Spirit. And Lord Jesus, lead them in the ways of your word in the ways of righteousness. Lord God, I pray you strengthen each one of them. Bless them, O oh God. We want to come against the enemy that has been hindering their work with you. We resist him in the name of Jesus. And say, Satan, you have no place of abode among the children of God. We command you to depart in the name of Jesus. And Lord, may your might hand take over to lead them in your ways of righteousness. Bless them, O oh God. And may your goodness and mercy follow them all the days of their lives. I commit them into your hands. In the name of Jesus Christ, I pray. Amen. May God bless you. You can go. I only want to give you a small tip, youth, you youth, a small tip. Yes, it's remaining. Where is it? Okay, that one was giving his life to Christ. Come back. The one who's giving his life to Christ, you, you come back. Yes, just, just come back. word of God says, there is more joy in heaven when the angels rejoice when one soul comes to Christ. It's a joy to all of us and, uh, and we know that a life has been changed today. And to a new walk with God. So we are very happy for that.
called Bosco. And, uh, Bosco. I like to do things like this. I want you to sing a soft song. We can all join in the chorus. But I want uh, Bosco. As we are singing the song, you repent to God. Tell God that I've lived a life that's not worth it. I've sinned. Forgive me. I've given my life to your hands. Take over my life. Lead me from now. You know your life. Just like everybody knows his life. You repent to God. Not to me. To, to God. So while you're singing this song, you be praying to God in repentance. Oh, the blood, blood of Jesus. Oh, that is your blood, blood of Jesus. Oh, oh, the blood, blood of Jesus. the blood, blood of Jesus, oh, precious blood, blood of Jesus, oh, the blood, the blood of given his life unto thee. Father, we know that is the best decision in life. For now, he, Bosco, realizes the reason why you put him on earth so that he may serve you and walk with you and live for you. I commit him into your hands. And I pray God that you take over his life. And lead him in your ways of righteousness. Walk with him 
through every step of life in this world. Fight for him the battles that come his way. Give him victory over all the forces of the enemy all the days of his life. We come against the evil spirits. We come against the forces of darkness that have been following him. We refuse and reject in the name of Jesus and command you, Satan, to lift off your hand. Father God, lead him and guide him. May you nourish him spiritually. Feed him spiritually. That Lord, you may raise him up to be a servant of thine who will testify of your goodness in his life that the light you, shine up, you have shown upon him others may also see and come and walk with you because of it Father cover him with your blood I commit him into your hands take control and receive the glory in his life in the name of Jesus Christ we pray Amen Thank you very much. Amen. You can go back. Praise God. Give the Lord a big hand. Amen. So now, although time is gone, we are going to look into the questions that are here. Uh, when am I, am I supposed to pay my tithe? Is it after I have paid my workers or before? It should be after. Yeah, because uh, before you have paid your workers, that you cannot call that your harvest. You cannot call that yours. It is not your money. But what you call your money is after you have removed the working capital. And that's part of it. Paying workers is working capital. Uh, Pastor, expound on Numbers 34, 30, verse 4 to 5. So, uh, uh, Numbers uh, chapter th 30, verse 4 to 5. What happens to the boy if the girl's father announces his vow with the girl? Uh, who has reached there? Numbers 30, verse 4. Who has reached? You, know, we under, you want us to read it from here? I thought we should get someone who comes to read it here. <laughs> and her father here, her vow, and her bond, wherewith she has bound her soul. And her father shall hold his peace at her, then all her vows shall stand, and every bond wherewith she has bound her soul shall stand. Uh -huh. 
Uh, but if her father disallow her in the day that he heareth, not any of her vows, all her bones, whether with she has bound her soul, shall stand, and the Lord shall forgive her because her father disallowed her. Okay. You make a vow. You make a vow. Uh, I'm going to I'm going to pay a hundred thousand to the construction of the church. Maybe I could get a better ex example than that. Uh, okay. Now, this vow is necessarily not about marriage. The Lord has, uh, if you read up or below that, he, he gives also about a married woman. She commits herself into a vow, into a commitment. I will do this. And then her husband hears it and disallows it. It does not hold her. God will not hold her responsible. Also, a, 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 a girl who is not uh, a maiden. Does the word use maiden? Something like that. Uh, then she commits herself in a in a commitment, in a vow, and then her father hears and says, ah, no, you shall not do that. Immediately, the Bible says, immediately after hearing it, then that vow will not hold her. It is simply showing the authority or all the headship of these uh, of these people, of, 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 of women. Women has head. If a, uh, if a man vow, vow unto her Lord. Verse 3 says, if a woman also vow a vow unto the Lord and bind herself by a bond, being in her father's house in her youth. Uh-huh. And her father hear the vow. Mm -hmm. Now, uh, this was not necessarily about marriage, as I've said. Although it can also cross there. But now your interest is about if you have vowed, you have made an oath about marriage. And your father hears that you are committed to so and so. And then he annuls it. What will happen to that boy that you have committed yourself to? Also, you actually, also, what happens to you? Now, there is a perfect example. In the message. Brother Branham. Uh, his son Billy Paul came and told him. 
that he was going to marry a certain girl. Brother Bradham did not like it. And he went, he, he, I mean, he, he told Billy Paul, he, said, he found him washing his car. And then he simply told him, but your head against the wall. It will not be. And he says he went and talked to the parents of the girl. And they stopped it. So you see there is an element on both parents, from both parents. So Brother Branham said whether he slept with her or not, it doesn't matter. Yeah. But as far as uh, the, the, the vow is concerned, marriage is concerned, he was bound to her. So later on, Billy Paul found another girl. And he wanted to marry her. After that first uh, engagement. And Brother Branham still didn't support it. You see here, the parents annulled it. But still before God. It was a vow. It, it tied Bilipo. By the, the details, the details say, even uh, when he wanted to marry that second, that other girl, the, the second one, uh, he just chose some denominational pastor, a Baptist pastor. Brother Branham did not get involved. But because he knew the girl who he was going to marry, she used to come even home. So she was a friend of the family. So Branham called her and explained to her why he won't even attend their wedding. He told her him because of Billy's first engagement, I cannot even attend your, your wedding. You see? Now, here there is a quote a bit long, but if I'm to go into it, it may take long. Maybe I can leave it for the sake of time. But you have heard these things and you have read them. The point is when a girl promises a boy or a man, a woman promises a woman a man that 
he will marry him. And the man promises that woman that they will marry. He will marry her. God is in their midst as a witness. And before God, you are married. You may, it may take you a whole year to, to, to make your wedding, but you, that is your husband. That is your wife. Yes, you are not allowed to live with them carnally. But that is your wife, that is your husband. If something happens that you change your mind, or the other person leaves you, you cannot marry again. Say that girl, for her, she, she changes her mind. Goes to marry another person. For you, you stay. If it's the boy who has left you, you girl, you stay. But you know, it's a choice. You either stay and go to heaven, or you look for another one and you also marry. And you, and you will be held accountable. accountable. Because, because before God, you are doing adultery forever with that, with that second commitment. So, when it comes to marriage, uh, I've told you there is already a living example that your parents can say, no, we are not comfortable with that man. We shall never give you to that man. As parents. They may have their reasons. But that means it doesn't, it doesn't remove that engagement. They can stop the marriage, the wedding, the things. You don't marry him. But spiritually, you remain, you remain a wife to that man. Because you know, in the face of this scripture that we have read, that's why God sends a messenger in every age to interpret that although he never quoted it in, as far as marriage is concerned to, to give it to us as a, a vow, annulment and then he never quoted it on issues of marriage. But it is preachers later on who came and they are quoting this and say, ah, the parents, when they annulled your vow to that, to that man, then you are not held responsible before God. You are free. But to me, as far as I see the message, you are not free. You are not free. God was there. He was the third person. When you are making that vow. They may 
stop you from continuing with that marriage. But know that you are going to remain single. You're going to remain. Yeah, you're not going to remain unmarried. Mm. There is such an example that has happened here. A brother. Uh, he committed himself with a girl. He told me. And I blamed him for going on in a relationship until he can vow with a girl without involving me. Without seeking advice. But he told me, but pastor, I have promised, we have promised each other. We have vowed. So I called the parent. The girl wasn't fellowshipping here. I called the parents of the girl. I, I, no, I called the pastor of that girl. I told him, I told him also to, to involve the parents of the girl because they were the whole family was fellowshipping at this place. We meet them. And make a meeting really to analyze what they are calling a vow. And now, as we call them, the meeting sat. We called the girl inside first. Are you in relationship with so and so? Yes. stages of relationships. Their courtship. There is a stage called courtship. We, we explain what it is. That is before you, that's when you are trying to study one another. And you are praying about it. But you have interest. And you have, you have expressed your you have expressed your interest. But you have not come to a, to a decision of promising one another. That I have decided I will marry you. I have decided I will marry you. Now, when you finish, when you reach that stage of uh, promising one another, you are engaged. And you are bound. So, what stage of relationship? As I have narrated, what stage are you? The girl said, we have promised each other. We are engaged. And these are not new people in the message. They are people who have grown up in the message. They have heard these words. They have heard these teachings. So she said, we are engaged. Her pastor is there. The parents are there. I am there. The deacons of that church are there. Okay, we told her, okay, you can get to the other room. We called the boy. We called the boy. He's a member here. We narrate everything. We explain. Now, according to that, what stage of are you? We promise each other. We we, we have vowed to one another. Okay. Then we called both of them. Now, 
We sealed it. After some time, the parents didn't like that boy. And they were saying, never, never, never can we give our daughter to that boy. And the, the girl also, I hear she had a lot of, uh, you know, conditions and demands. And the boy maybe couldn't meet. And the girl... Pulled out of the relationship. The, the, bo the boy started coming to me. Now this girl is just straying from me. He's just passing through my hands. She's, she's not interested in me. And, and he doesn't regard me. And, mm. But now, finally, recently, a girl calls me. Brother Sanso, I've never promised him. I've never vowed with him. Ah. But sister, how would you change like a, a chameleon? I said, okay, let us meet. We agreed to make a meeting. I called them here in the office. The girl said, me, I've never promised you. I don't love you and I can never marry you. And we hear she's already in a relationship somewhere. I said, but you, we witness, I witness, with your pastor, no, with your parents, you said you have vowed to one another. So no, you know, when you called us in that meeting, he told me what to say. He told me what to say. He told me that I should say we are engaged. But now, if you can. Because already that time the father didn't like that relationship. But if you can you can defy the father's idea and in his presence and the presence of your pastors, you say no. I'm engaged to this one. How do you tell me that you were put words in the mouth? Personally, I you know. I felt now, if this is not a vow, what is a vow? I told them, to me, as far as I'm concerned, you are bound. Witnessed before your father. change, saying that he so, that's what it is. Your parent, or oh, if you are, the best thing, by the way, before you commit yourself to a boy, talk to your parents. Tell them there is a, girl, a boy that has approached you. 
And the first thing before you, you even start even the first step in the relationship. When you are approached, you, you girl. Talk to the pastor. Later on, you may inform the pastor. I don't, and I don't take such people serious Christians. They are not. The Bible says, the very vow says you, you must enter it and advise, advisably. The boy before he approaches, let him consult. And the girl when consulted, very fast to the pastor, consult, let seek advice. And you must not come arrogant that for you have decided, you have decided. We have seen people come like that for me, for them, like they have a strong will, they are not ready to be correct, to be guided different. But after some time, they regret why they did not listen to advice. So you are guided. Then after that, you go to the parents also. You inform them. That is if you feel an interest, really. If someone approaches you and you have no interest, why should you even bother the pastor or the parents? You don't love him. But if it's someone you love, you have interest in him also, that's where now you start asking advice and you are ready to be guided. Yeah, before you make a vow. But if it happens that you have made a vow before now you have come to the people who should have that vow stands. Have you understood? Yeah. That vow stands. Before God, he knows your heart. He controls your heart. Even those who use that scripture to say that that vow is not a vow. Because God looks at the heart of an Family. The children of Israel, he used to read them as a, the whole a nation, family. a family. Yes. Nekati, you, you as individual. Kakati. But now, whatever you confess, whatever you say, you are responsible. Uh huh. So, it's a win to win to Kiriza. So that is how I And that is how I see the message. If the parents are not comfortable with it, they nulled it. But it still stood. Even when the people might say, girl, he said it is polygamy. He called it polygamy. Until 
by the grace of God, Brother Branham had a number of cases of people like that who had married even two, three times. He went and asked God what shall be done. God gave him a special favor, special permission to those ones only who follow the message and who at that time the, the message found them in that condition. But he said, woe unto any man who will do that kind of a thing from now. In other words, there is no grace for such a person. Don't promise someone when you are not sure that you can fulfill what you When you are not sure that your parents will, will, will accept until you have the green light. Have you understood it? Okay. Uh, if I tell a sister I love you, by saying that um, my leg already bound, what if after we develop misunderstanding and I feel our relationship cannot stand? Is it possible for me to get out of it? Well, engagement is not just the word I love you. It is more than that. Because uh, by telling someone I love you, is that a promise? That I will marry you. A vow is, will you marry me? I will marry you. Okay. I too promise you, I will marry you. That's a vow. Not just I love you. Is it okay for a person to put a Bible on the foundation of his or her house? <laughs> if I understand you well, you know, the heathens sacrifice animals and put them in the put the blood in the foundation, or the animal itself in the foundation. Others put human, human beings. So for you being a Christian, you want to bury there the Bible. To begin with, what for? How does it help you? This book is the word of God. But uh, just as a book, be remaining just as a book, it cannot save you. It is a word of God when you put it in your life. Some people want to see they are being tormented by evil spirits and then they put it under their head as they go to sleep. <laughs> That is idolatry. 
is the word of God, but you can make an idol. You can turn it into idolatry. So the book that is superstition, a book or a book, cannot chase demons. Even uh, their witches who use it. Like Vachwezi Baranji in Western Uganda, they use the Bible. And yet they are, they are worshipping demons in those shrines. And you find the Bible on the table. So why, why doesn't it cast the demons that are there? So one, it is irrelevant. It has no, it has no, it has no virtue putting it in the foundation. Secondly, you have not respected it by throwing it in the and burying it there in the mud, in the sand. You have not respected God's word. You are just superstitious. And through that, you are disrespecting the word of God. And, that, and even it cannot save. So... It's wrong to do that. Mm -hmm. God bless you, Pastor. I'm requesting you to please explain whether wet dreams are a sign of puberty, all explained by the doctors, all as explained by doctors as they are a weakness that a Christian ought to pray against for God to deliver him from them. Well, this is complicated for me to answer. Uh, but what the doctors are saying is true. It, they are right. But also on the other hand, it is something to pray against. It is something to pray against. If you are well sanctified and filled with the Holy Spirit, the nature, the natural, uh, the natural behaviors of the body are suppressed. They are defeated by the Holy Spirit. I believe that answers you. So, it comes with you dreaming filthy and then ending that way. Why should you have those dreams in your mind? A sanctified mind. It is naturally, yes, it is the body reacting because you're naturally made to be, uh, to have an opposite sex. It is natural. You are a normal human being whose body is designed to have an opposite sex. And at a certain age, you are the elements of your body, they react 
So that there, the scientists are right. But on the side of the spiritual, uh, all the natural elements are controlled by the word of God. They are controlled by the spirit of God. So if you are sanctified, filled with the Holy Spirit, that should be arrested by the Holy Spirit. But if it is happening, it is something to pray against and to bind and to bind. I believe that answers you. Uh, then there are questions here, a number of them from one. And paper one. In Matthew 5:29. Says that if you're right, uh, are, are you still uh, bearing with the time? Hmm? I'm okay, but I don't know about you. How many say, well, let us continue? How many are saying, ah, for us, those who are saying, for us, we are tired, we want to go. Huh? How many don't know what they want? Right? As the majority are so there are so many questions, but I'm going to try to go through them. In Matthew 5:29 to 30 says that if your right eye uh, all hand Tumbles you, remove it, so that your whole body cannot perish. Matayotano, we don't have to read there. You know the scripture. Now, my question is, you remove out your eye, or you cut off your hand, physically, or is it spiritually, and how? Highlights for me, Pastor. Tinyonyola Musumba, Mas Oriso Rijamobo Mukono, Obuta Yonona, Oba Chamumoyo, Obamumubiri. If it is something that will help you not to be tempted, you remove it. Bechiba and Chintwechina Kuyamba go, Buta Kimibari, Dijemu. Yeah. If that is what is going to take you to hell. Just cut it off. Although I believe it is spiritual. It is uh, an emphasis that the seriousness of the kingdom of God is that serious. You should be willing to depart 
to part with anything that you love so much that you treasure that you judge so important to you to that level if, if you see it is causing you to lose the kingdom of God. I, Abraham was asked to offer Isaac. But God was checking his level of obedience. He wasn't really hungry for the blood of Isaac. He was checking the level of Abraham's obedience. So, there is something that is equivalent to your right hand. Something equivalent to your right eye. But, are you so surrendered and committed to God? And determined to go to, to, go to heaven? That if that thing has a temptation that will fail your eternal destination, you will cut it off your life. That's what it means. Sometimes it's your smartphone. You realize the smartphone is controlling you than for you to control it. You like it. You love it. You cherish it. But every time it is the channel of temptations to grieve the spirit of God from your life. And you say, I've decided to do away with the smartphone. I go back to Kabiriti. And you get it and you give it away. And you buy Kabiriti. You, we must resist sin. Now, I'm just giving just one of the examples. Yeah. So that's what it means, not really cutting, because you can remove a, an eye. Actually, it says the right eye. And now you remain being tempted by the left. Even the blind get tempted. Mm. The blind also get tempted. They imagine what a woman is. For example, I'm giving an example of a temptation of a woman. Yeah, they can hear a woman talk there and then they imagine what she looks like. So, you can remove both of them and you still remain being tempted. Now, what are you going to remove now? <laughs> so, it doesn't really mean plucking out. 
but there is there are there are decisions we make in life that are very, very tough for the sake of the kingdom of heaven. Very tough that are equivalent to that. Look along that very example I've just given. You are engaged to someone. You are engaged to someone. He becomes a crook. And you are really engaged. And now you have to, to remain single for life. You never marry, you never have children. Brother Bram talks of his own brother. He said he married a girl who was a crook. And they lived shortly and left, she left him. And then the brother comes and he wants brother, brother to wed, brother Brahma to wed him with another girl. Brother, never. So if it's never, what do you do? That means you must stay alone. All, all, Break God's word and go to hell. Now such decisions. They are on that level. That's what he was pointing to. Please pastor, I need more explanation about there. Because it is uh, confusing me. Is wine alcohol? Because sometimes when I testify to the drunkards and when talk about the demerits, the what? The elements of taking alcohol. I don't know whether this, that's the way I'm, I'm reading it properly. And how the Bible condemns it, they quote for me. The first miracle Jesus performed, that he changed water into wine. Please, Pastor, help me because I'm being challenged about it. Musumba nyonyola kuwaini gubaiita evinyo kubabwe mbanjuli rangangamba abanyibo bomwenge banokula echo Yesu che ichama gerecha soka chia soka amazo gafula mwe vinyo. It also confuses me. But uh, there are many places in the Bible. It shows that they used to drink wine. Wine the wine we take on Holy Communion. Atamiza. It is alcoholic. Yeah. But do we take it to, to get it drunk? Whenever huh? we take it, do we get drunk? Huh? No. Uh-huh. Atutonda mu. Atutonda mu. 
habit does it create in us a habit of drunkardness neda so mu bisera bya bible so in the time of the bible, they used to take wine ate wine atamiza and and wine tuchimai wine alimwe bika bibiri and we know wine has there is two types waliwa atamiza there is that that is alcoholic na na alcoholic na yeza ah chidaganti banywanga non atamiza so research shows that we are even taking that which is also alcoholic omoyo go kutamira so that spirit of drunkardness okunywa wine okutamira taking wine sigwe gwabaliko it was not what it's not what they had sigwe balina they were drinking it for a drink ngabona nyo bushera bakanywanga nga bushera then the spirit of drunkenness entered, entered in it and the holy spirit condemns it it is wrong to drink even to drink a little because of the spirit that is behind that that is the best i can translate like, uh, answer that question i could be wrong there could be a better answer maybe brother mato you have a better answer on that Those people are, 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 are not drinking wine even. They are drinking waragi. And other things. Then they are quoting about wine. Those are two different things. Wine is very special. One is the color of blood. Two, you don't add a yeast on wine. Yeast. You know, yeast is what makes alcohol. But wine is so special that it has its own yeast, natural. And because of that, its alcoholic content cannot go beyond a certain, it's about 21 is the maximum, 21%. Uh, and the, and the, but you can also add yeast to it. That's what the Bible now calls a strong drink, if you read King James Version. That is now wine with yeast added in it to increase the alcoholic content. And the Bible says, woe unto those who take strong drink. But wine without any yeast added is supposed to be not something you take for getting drunk. In those days in the Palestine, in those Israel areas, wine was taken at the table together with food. Like you, can do your orange, like you can do your juice. 
Surely that one is not intending to get drunk, of course. But it's taken, it's taken as what? Yeah, like a soft drink. It's taken almost like a soft drink. But you can buy it also, that small thing, and take two bottles and get drunk. If you want. And the motive will be wrong. You know, that thing is a little bit disturbing because in those days, taking wine was allowed. You find that a deacon should not be a drinker of too much, <laughs> too much wine. <laughs> so, they were saying, a deacon should drink in moderation. He should not over, over drink. One thing I will say for sure, no drunkard will enter the kingdom of God. Yeah. However, where we are in our age, that's why it's good to have a messenger in your age. Otherwise, if you want to quote anything, you may not understand it. Because you never even lived there to know the spirit, the context. Uh, how they handled it. But now in our age, we, whether it's all wine, there is the non-alcoholic. That one I've also drunk it many times. It is just like juice. Even if you, even if you drink a jirikan, it is like juice. That one is a different thing. But now real wine you can never take it outside the Lord's table. The wine that we take on the Lord's table, if you take it too much, you will get drunk. You will get drunk. If you take a whole bottle, you will get drunk. But outside the Lord's table, you must never take it. By the message of the hour. But the explanation that Pastor Mata has given is very good to answer the drunkards who want to justify their drinking. The Bible condemns strong drink and says, Woe unto them who make it. I don't know how the English one says. Ziba sanze Woe unto them who make for others strong drink. Yeah, something like that. So even okujukola but condemning the Bible. Even Chibajekezanti banyuanga wine. It means they used to take wine. Atari chitamiza. That wasn't alcoholic. That's the best way to answer that question. And his sisters are not here with us, and they stumbled, they stumbled against him. So my question is, what 
are the names of Jesus' sisters. <laughs> you, will, you will also ask me what is the name of, Abbe, of, of Seth's wife. Or, or Kaini's wife, because those people married. You see, there is a denomination that, that is very strict uh, on the word. They are legalists. They say, we say where the Bible says, and we are quiet where it's quiet. I think it's good to borrow a leaf from them. So what the Bible is silent about, we are silent about it. We simply know that Jesus had sisters and brothers. That the names of the sisters are not mentioned. So and now, Pastor, if a brother proposes to you, from, no, he cannot, pro, he cannot propose to me. <laughs> but I understand what you mean. To marry, okay. and in your heart, you don't love him. And a, and a vision comes and a different person confirming that marriage, marriage then you pray to God to create love in your heart. To love him. But then it fails. Just, just feel you don't love him. And that brother even not filled with the Holy Spirit. But by the time he came, he came to you, we are on, on the knees praying to God for the Holy Spirit, filled husband. What can that person do? Because it looked like God answered her prayer. His love failed in her heart. Now, marriage is not made by dreams, visions. Marriage is built on love. If you don't love the person, God cannot force you to the person you don't love. So don't force yourself that you are obeying some vision, some dream. It will never work. Or else, when you disagree in future, you will still look for a vision to make your marriage. But if you disagree, love will help you cover the multitude of uh, wrongs you are seeing in the past. And you will bear with him. And you will suffer long. You will get long, you'll get uh, long suffering. For him, because you, you love him.
It never works. There are people who reach someone and say, now we have reached. I've delayed to get a husband. Now whoever will come now. It never works. Because I know a certain example, actually one or two, people who later on confess that that is the circumstance under which they accepted those husbands, but didn't live long. They felt they'd rather remain without. They felt. They'd rather remain without husband. But they cannot, they cannot take it any longer. They don't love them. So you marry someone that you love. I have uh, quotes here. I have places that I will refer to. Uh, those are some of the topics that I've told you I will uh, handle. In future, you must loving that person, and not, not just shallowly, but a love that you feel you you can you can die if you don't go with that person, or if you don't marry that person. Yeah, that is how. Should be felt. But if you feel there's not much about it's better than nothing. Okay, let me keep him actually here. As I wait, if a better one comes, then I put him aside. Actually, you are very wrong. You are very, very wrong. You just leave him alone. Or leave her. If that is the, the condition. It must be someone you love so deeply. That you feel you can even die if you don't marry, if you don't marry that person. And yes, as you pray, you're praying God is will to be done about it. But you as an individual, as a person, you love the person. Not only the boy loving the girl, the girl also should be, be loving the the man or the boy that much. Uh, maybe this one, let me quote it. Yeah, I feel always satisfied when uh, I read uh, I, I, the way the prophet put it. A young, a young man asked me the other day, said, You think I, I ought to get married, Brother Branham, to search and search a, a girl? I said, How much? Uh, I said, Well, if you're not. 
Sorry. I said, how much do you think of her? He said, oh my, I just love her. I said, well, if you are not going to live without her, you better marry her then. But if you can live without her, ah, someone if, ah, I can't die for this one. Ah, we Well, like, <laughs> yeah, I can't die for this one. Yeah, he's not the only man. He's not the only boy. He's not the only girl. There are others that even can, I can prefer better. Now that one, don't even waste, waste, waste your time. With that person. Yeah, these principles are serious. Because you leave that person as a mufere. You see that man as that person. Oli mufere walavu. Can you imagine? You are a man of love. Can you imagine? You are love. You are, you are deceiving someone. And there are people who enter marriage like that. And they pretend and everything is plastic. They are deceiving this person. And it doesn't go far. You can't pretend for long. If you can live without her, if you, if you can live without her, you better not. So, but, if, if, but if it's going to kill you, you better you better go ahead and get married. I said, and so what I was trying to get to him is that if you love her so much, no. Now, right now, before you are married, everything is just fine and, and dandy. But after you get married, then the to toils and trials of life come in. That's when you've got to be so in love that you understand one another. When you are disappointed in her, she disappointed in you. You still understand one another. I think that. Uh, uh, that is good. It's put perfectly. And it answers you. Maybe I'm going to end with this one. Because time is really gone. Yet there are still more questions here. The ones that have answered are fewer than what is, what is remaining here. But I never want to leave questions on people's minds. So I'm going to keep them for, the, for another uh, youth service. That, uh, if the Lord tarries, will not be will not be long from now.
Pastor, if you prayed to God for uh-huh. Pastor, if you prayed to God for a husband and asked God for a Holy Ghost, a Holy Spirit preacher husband, and God gave him to you. But unfortunately, you are not a virgin. Maybe you first spoiled your body in the world. Then you got the message of the hour. Pastor, what can their person do? Because I hear that a minister marry married to only virgins. This is a tough one. Uh, first of all, why would you ask for a preacher? Hmm? You ask for a husband that God will give you. But you're asking for Holy Ghost and a preacher. And you're saying, and God gives him to you. Well, if I'm to handle this uh, question exhaustively, it will require a lot of time. But uh, uh, this is me now. The way I understand the message. And uh, some other ministers understand it differently. And I don't blame it. But I don't blame them. Because the situation is uh, complicated. It's confusing. Uh, here, the Bible says a priest must not marry a woman that was touched by a man. And gives more other qualifications of a priest. And because the, the, the qualifications were more than that. If you, are no. la- if you are lame in one finger, your finger is like this, <laughs> you cannot be a priest. <laughs> if your eyes are crossed like this, you cannot be a priest. <laughs> if you have a flat nose, you cannot be a priest. <laughs> no, you cannot be a priest. That scripture has all those qualifications, descriptions. Now, Brother Branham is preaching marriage and divorce. And he said, a minister cannot marry a widow. 
He said, you want a scripture for that? Then he quotes that scripture. But the statement on which he's quoting the scripture is a widow. Now, uh, many took it that uh, that's the condition in every detail applied to a minister of the New Testament. But the way I understand widow is different. I mean widow is widow. Now, uh, and that is the only place that he mentioned that. There is not anywhere in the message where he said about a minister, he must marry or And even there, he mentioned widow. To avoid making extended interpretation, uh, the way I see it myself, it is safer to end where I ended. And that's what he got from that scripture. I'm safer to stay there. But if you want to extend it and say uh, the scripture that he has referred to, let me look at it and take, take it in uh, as it is. I may end up, you may end up even refusing the lame people from preaching the gospel. So when it comes to being a virgin or not, we know it's a very strong teaching in the word of God that a, a woman must keep herself vacuous from birth to when she will be married. She must never allow a, a man to touch her. She she's committed with a sacred responsibility to keep herself to keep her body from being tampered with by any man until you find a husband. Any, any carelessness it puts you in another condition now whereby a man has a right even to chase you from marriage and marry another. And marry a virgin. If he married you and you did not confess to him, then he discovers you weren't a virgin. Before God is allowed, and before the church he's allowed you to put you away and he marries a virgin. Even if you live together for so many years and now he discovers 
That you were, when he married you, you had messed yourself with a man. Or with men. You weren't a virgin. He has a right to chase you after 10 years. And he said, I have to look for a virgin because I never intended to, to marry a woman that was touched by others. That is Bible. That's where Jesus said, if a man shall put away his wife, he causes her to commit And if he marries, he is committing adultery. Except for the cause of fornication. Except for the cause of fornication. Not for the cause of adultery. Because the married, if one uh, goes out of the marriage vows, covenant, and goes with another person, that is called adultery. But now it's for the cause of fornication, meaning the unclean living she did before she was married. Now, the word of God allows the man to put her away if he wishes to put her away. But he can choose to remain with her. But he has a right to put her away and marry another. Only if a woman or a girl, if a girl, if she knows that she, 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 she got defiled, She's no longer. She's no longer. She's proposing That girl, when someone proposes her, it is her responsibility to confess her unrighteousness. That the husband will determine whether to take the way she is or to leave her. By the way, it is not your responsibility. There are some brothers in the church who have been in the church. Even they, they don't want to look at them, their places. Asking them, are you a virgin? It is not your responsibility to ask her. Uh -huh. No. It is not your responsibility. Kubanga, you are not marrying a widow. She must be a virgin. Yes. Because that is her responsibility given to her by God. Sacred responsibility to keep So someone that is not a widow, you must take it that she is the way God made her. If there is something wrong, it is her responsibility to confess it. If she keeps quiet, then she's wrong. 
that is where now, after discovering, you can cancel that covenant. Yeah, but now when proposed to, she must confess that she is no longer virgin and then you decide. If you decide to take her as she is, then you can never change your, your mind. Now that is between you the two. It's a private affair. It is not upon the church, it's not upon the pastor, it's not upon whoever. Now, a thing that says that a brother who married a girl who confessed to him and he, he forgave her and took her as she was, that such a brother is is is, 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 is restricted from Becoming a minister. Uh, I've never seen it that way. message went I have never seen that Though many preach it that way. Me, I have never seen it. Yeah, but uh, still, even uh, many who preach it that way, I, I fail to see them applied. I've had one say, Me, I didn't marry a virgin, but it's because we had not come to the message. Mm, but you know, a priest is a priest. And your marriage, if it was in the message or out of the message, if it was wrong, it is wrong. Where you were does not matter. It's like if you married a second marriage, you divorce and married again before you believe the message. Still, you cannot become a minister. You cannot say, you see me, I married, I separated with my wife, married another one, but because I was not in the the light of the word, I can be a minister, no. So, if, if if they believe what they are preaching, then every minister who never married a virgin should leave the pulpit whether before they came to the message or after they came to the message. But the way I look, I see that quote in the message, in, the, in that book, uh, personally, I see it different. I see they, are, they add some extended interpretation. Yeah. I mean, for the, for the ministers. Whether they must marry. Uh, then the last question. Uh, also, if you pray, yeah, this is what I'm feeling. No, it is second last. So we are finishing, we are ending with this. These ones we shall handle. Is it okay to a sister to tell a brother about her love feelings? 
mwanyina fe okugamba oluganda enyingirije yewulira mu eyo mukwano jali bulia mubu bombo obutulika to him all is it only made to brother is it a one way traffic <laughs> Yeah, Jesus said you did not uh, choose me. I'm the one who chose you. So, it is very strange. For very strange. And you are a very abnormal sister if you do that. He's failing to, to interpret the Luganda, the, the, the jargons of Luganda that I'm using. But it's a modern, they are doing it today. Because uh, women have left their places. They have gone wild. They are, they've gone wild from the, the way God made them. A woman should be a face, a, a, a shame-faced person. But the courage that approaches a brother and say, brother, me, I'm, uh, no, what are you saying? Uh, that is now too, too, too uh, that is extreme. You are, you are not normal. You are doing something very abnormal. And I, and I know I know girls who have gone wild in the message. They are in the mes even in the message churches who are who are who have who have flowed with the world until the spirit of the world is full in them. Until they have lost that human uh, conscious decency, the natural decency, shamefacedness. Uh, it's very wrong. One preacher told us in Busoga, an axe is called, is it Empasa? If you are telling someone, I want an axe. Njagala kumpasa. So it's like he was saying, I want <laughs> you to marry me. Over in Jagala Kumpasa. Kumpata. Nenda, aha, Nenda Kumpasa. Nenda, 
fengate mulibiru wa fwajo nenda ni nyenda ubuga njaga lompase i want you to marry me kati waliwo munta tali musoga so there is a person who is not a musoga ngaliye yobusoga but he lives in Busoga. Omwala na jajali. Then the Awakaba mutumie mbazi. Maybe they have sent her to Kembazi. To borrow an axe. Na gamba sebo nenda kumpas. Oria Yauni ikirira. Kumango wuno mwala mugama njagalo mpasi. For him he interpreted it as I want you to marry me. So it is strange. For a woman to do that, or a girl to do that. Yeah, it should be the man. And for you, you decide to accept him or not. Even never start a man or a boy telling her or him your dreams. You see, brother, I dreamt, I dreamt. I was serving you. I was serving you, Fene. <laughs> I dreamt I was making a bed for you. I dreamt, I dreamt. If you dreamt it, just keep it to yourself. It is even wrong to tell it to, to him. If it's God, which I doubt, but if it were God, God would also speak to him. And when he speaks to him, let him come and propose to you and then for you you confirm it's God's will because even me God showed me something but for you to go to him and you are asking him for an axe in Rusoga I want you to marry me that's wrong Pastor, I need to know about uh, courtship procedures of a message between Pastor Mata come and finish with this. What would be the best procedure in the message of a process of courtship? <laughs> I shall have another service where I will go to. I would like to encourage the youth. You also read the message books for yourself. Some of these questions, you find them answered there. On uh, a lot of questions you have asked. Some of them are in the message, but some it's good for you also to read the message. May I tell my youth, please read the message yourself. Helps Procedure of courtship. Brother, Brother Branham, when he gave his life story, he, 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 he talks about his courtship with his sister. 
Hope was the first wife. Eh? Yeah. He gives his testimony about courtship. Sister Hope. Courtship is more of a Zungu than African. That's what I should first tell you. During courtship, by the way, don't begin courtship without first praying. First, when you really see you are moving toward you have a you are you have a desire to marry you are ready to marry number one, number one is to pray let's agree there number one is to pray somebody asked me should i pray and fast that's upon you if if it is too fast, that's okay. Because marriage is so serious that you, 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 you need to pull God in it. In every step of the procedure, make sure God is by your side. So first pray. Then when you pray, God will lead you in your heart. Actually, I agree with the pastor 100%. I'm not so much for dreams. I'm not so much for dreams. The way the pastor has explained it is exactly the way I stand for it. Keep your dream to yourself. Don't, don't, don't get the dream and fulfill the dream yourself. You push the dream to, to fulfillment. Don't do that. Get the dream, keep it yourself, see if God will confirm it. So when you are praying, Somehow, in your heart, God will lead you to some. Okay. I'm, not, I'm not talking of a brother. He will lead you to some sister. Now, if you feel sister, so sister X is the one. Courtship is a, process, is, a, is, 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 a, is a stage of getting to know one another better. Which I think is also important. It's not so African, but it is important. In the message, choosing of a bride, Brother Branham makes one statement which I think every Youth should hold it as a golden statement. He said, a man should think and pray before he chooses He should think and pray. Now, some, some people only think they don't pray. Others only pray they don't think. But the prophet said, think and pray before you choose a bride. So that courtship is a procedure getting to know one another. Unfortunately, it's difficult to understand courtship in Africa. In Zunguland, you just go, you go, they understand it, you, because the, even the father of the girl did the courtship before. You go to the father of the girl and say, can I ask your girl out? Don't try it in Africa. The man will come out with a stick. Instead. So you get wise, wise way. 
of going about it. To get to know one another. But you will not know you will not know one another fully. You cannot to some levels, but you will know one another fully when you are in the house. That is why prayer is so necessary so that God leads you. Are you getting my point? It's good. It's good to know one another, but above it all, make sure God has led you there. Because because, in the courtship time, by the way, how you go about it also matters. Don't go to hidden places for courtship. If you are going to take a soda or a cup of tea or whatever, in the open, and you talk your things and end there. Don't again say our courtship begins at 8. We don't want to hear that. We don't, we don't want to hear that. Let it be daytime. In the eyes of everybody, somebody is taking tea there, somebody is taking a soda there. You also hear. Then you get to know one another better. Courtship takes place before a vow. Do not begin with a vow, then you say you are courting. It doesn't make sense. First, get to know one another in courtship. And normally, courtship, which I believe should be accompanied with praying for both. It should either lead to a vow or it should lead to things falling apart. Should lead to one of them. And when you think it is okay, then a, vow, then a vow should follow. But as usual, I would like to say. The fear of God should be number one. Because a brother can cover things, a sister can cover things. A brother can cover things during courtship. And a sister can cover things. But it is assumed in courtship all of you should be honest to one another in the Christian way. Honest and open. Openness is good. Openness is good. You, you tell the brother before I believed I really toured the world. I I aborted five times. Speak the truth. Because the truth will set you free. I aborted five times. And I had a, a, a round of 12 boyfriends. You speak the truth. If he says, uh, like, uh, no, 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 then we cancel. Okay, let him go. Let him go. A honest person will not, will not react like that. Because if all goes well and you marry, 
When tomorrow somebody will come and tell your husband, you're not a girl you have married. Hey, 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 hey. She had a girl of boyfriends. He'll say, I know it. That one I know. It's not news. I know. <laughs> She had bought her five. I know that. She told me, I know that. And everything will go smoothly. But if you hid it, then somebody tells her, oh, she had bought her five. What? It is war. It will chaos. So that's what I'm saying. During courtship, be honest. Amen. 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 Be honest to one another. Because we all understand before we came to Christ, we toured the world. We toured it. So now that you have come to Christ, when it comes to marriage issues, it's good to speak out those things. Be honest in your courtship. And I, believe, and I believe when you do that, entering it prayerfully, by the guidance of God, you will not go wrong. Let me be as brief as that. May God bless you very much. That's wonderful. Give the Lord another big Amen. So we have come to the end of the meeting. How I many say feel they have benefited? Okay, that's wonderful. Praise God. Uh, we shall have more. And more until we feel we have exhausted the need. Yeah, the Sunday second service is going to be for youth until we are satisfied that the need has been exhausted. So let us pray. Heavenly Father, you said in your word, they shall all be taught by the Lord. And we know you use human beings. So you have used us, we believe, Father, to teach the youth. And we pray that the Holy Spirit will take these words farther than the ears, than the physical ears, deep into their conscience, and write those words deep in their character. That they will, they will live and approach matters that way. Thank you for the service. We thank you for the questions and the answers. And as we leave this place, Father, it's a little bit late. We pray that you go with us, every one of us, to their places of residence. I commit them to you in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ, our Savior. Amen. Amen.
God bless you. Let us sing till we meet at Jesus' feet. Till we meet. Till we meet. Till we meet at Jesus' feet. Hallelujah. Till we meet. Till we